is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it is a Friday. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Massa, my producer. It's good to have you in here on a Friday. I am very sick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can hear it in my voice. I feel terrible. I'm abs- I'm we achy. Can- I'm sniffly. I just I feel awful. Uh, but listen, that really doesn't matter. In this business, it doesn't really matter. If you feel like garbage, guess who has to come to work? Me. Also, also, it's a Friday. It is also a is Friday. It's also a Friday. So, like, when you're sick, when you're sick, but it's also a Friday, it's like, you know, I got the weekend. I might as well just try to, I might as well just try to go in. You know. <sighs> it's a Friday. I might as well try to go in. Right, exactly. I so, got the weekend, and then I can lay down the weekend and sleep. And so, sleep. By, the, by the way, we're absolutely loaded today. Uh, in about 15 minutes, we have Barrington Grant. We've got four shore four, Ryan Pavich in about an hour. Uh, we make picks. We have deathmatch. Uh, I mean, we're absolutely loaded today. Uh, but I do want to begin today with this. If I could ever get out of my own achy skull. Taxes suck. And they will always suck. Our mind will never change with taxes. It wouldn't matter if the government took all of your tax money and donated it to charity. Everyone would still hate it. Everyone. People want their money. Nobody wants more money taken out of their pocket. Nothing will ever change your mind about the government taking money out of your paycheck. Absolutely nothing. But here's a fun little idea. Let's say... We change the meaning of the word taxes. Taxes now has the same meaning as rewards. Instead of you paying the government when you work, the government pays you when you work. (laughs) Wow, this is great! I love taxes! Go government! Keep it coming! Everyone would love taxes. Everyone would have five jobs because they can't get enough of this tax money. But that would be the only thing that would make you feel better about taxes. If it's not that, you hate them. Everybody does. In football, the phrase dual threat or running quarterback is pretty much a curse word. It's taxes. Nothing will change your mind on them. We all know that running quarterbacks don't last in the NFL. The term dual threat actually means can't throw. If your team drafts a running quarterback, you have the same reaction as when you find out you get a 2% tax increase in your state. Oh, come on! What good is this going to do anybody? God, I hate this crap. There's a setting in your brain that tells you to automatically not like quarterbacks that run because you pay attention to the NFL. You pay attention to the NFL and its trends. Quarterbacks that run the ball well but struggle throwing the football 
have a hard time having sustainable success. You pay attention to that. Everybody knows. I think people are kind of catching on to that whole trend now. With that being said, we shouldn't treat Lamar Jackson like taxes. He's Florida. Ironically, he's from Florida. But no state income tax. So the story today is that Lamar Jackson broke Michael Vick's quarterback rushing record last night for a single season, and Lamar still has two games to go. That's impressive as hell to me. And that's all fine and dandy. But the real story should be that in the wake of all of this, he also managed to throw five touchdowns last night. In fact, that's the third time he's done it this year. He's thrown five touchdowns in three different games this season. Only five other players in the Super Bowl era have ever done that before in a single year, and three of those guys have won MVP. You can think, and and listen, you can thank the NFL's research department for that. No, you don't have to think I'm that brilliant. But do you think at this point we can stop saying Lamar can't throw? Yes, we can call him a dual-threat quarterback. But let's, let's not say it with the same negative connotation that we usually say it with. Allow your mind to shift on this. Lamar Jackson can throw the football and run the football incredibly well. He's special. He's outrageously gifted. And you can tell he put the work in. Some of these balls are just flat-out dimes that he's throwing. It's ridiculous what he does with the football in his hands. And I get everyone's concerned about how running quarterbacks pan out in this league. The arm doesn't develop. They get slower. They get hurt. They get figured out. And all of a sudden, their career essentially ends fairly quickly. I get it. And I agree with you. I agree. There's too many examples to show that. Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, RG3, Tim Tebow. I mean, it shows that players like this don't last. But Lamar is showing you that he isn't in that group. Lamar Jackson is not of the same breed as those, not, as those guys. Because Lamar can complete 66% of his throws, and none of those other guys can. And not for nothing, he's the best runner out of all of them, too. He is. (laughs) It's pretty, and it really isn't even close. Lamar blows the ball away running the football as well. Okay, this is one of those things where you can't think Lamar isn't a good thrower of the football anymore. You're not allowed to have that opinion. Because if you do, then you're not watching him. I will very rarely tell you what you have to think. I hate doing that as a sports talk show host. This is one of them. This is one of those things where I'm telling you you can't think like that anymore because it's so utterly ridiculous. We got to put this stigma to bed. Try to escape the stereotypical mindset of what we think about running quarterbacks for a second. 
just because Lamar can run doesn't mean he can't throw. Seriously, Lamar is accurate. He's deceptive. He makes good decisions. He reads defense really well. I mean, he has an absolute cannon. Lamar has everything you could want in a quarterback. Don't let the idea of a running quarterback cloud your vision because this is different. Lamar has 33 touchdowns and six interceptions on the year while completing 66% of his passes. If I showed you those numbers alone, no rushing stats, and I didn't tell you who it was, and I told you this was his numbers through 14 games, what would you think then? What would you tell me? You wouldn't be thinking twice whether or not this guy could throw the football. You would have thought this was Matt Ryan. You would have thought this was Aaron Rodgers. You would have thought this was Big Ben. Okay, you, would have, you wouldn't have even thought about, well, he really isn't that great of throwing the football. But because he has the rushing credentials too, you're sour on him. Don't let this cloud your vision. Lamar Jackson is great. Okay, you have to allow yourself to shift on this. I get that running quarterbacks are like taxes. No matter what, you hate them, but this is different. This is different. Lamar is a different animal, and it's better that you realize it now because he is a special player. He runs the ball as good as a top 10 running back in the league, and he throws the ball like a top 10 quarterback in the league, something that we're not used to seeing and that I haven't seen in my entire lifetime. Lamar Jackson is legit. Okay, Barrington Grant, the most well-rounded sports conversation in sports media. If you're an NBA fan, an NFL fan, Major League Baseball, college, anything like that, we hit on all fronts. Barrington Grant, U.S. Sports Pages, coming up next here on the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I feel like death. I just do. Welcome back. It's, it's Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Like, yeah, welcome back. I feel, I feel like, like I feel, I feel like, like death. Ugh, I feel like it. Jeez. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer here on a Friday. Uh, all right, so time for the most well-rounded sports conversation in sports media. U.S. Sports Pages, Barry DeGrant, uh, one of my one of my good buddies in the business. Uh, Barry, you know my fiance tells me that my voice when I get sick actually gets a little bit sexier. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on! She has to. She has to be nice, you know. She doesn't want to, you know, kill your ego, especially when you're sick. Oh, so. Jesus. Well, thanks a lot, Barry, for destroying my <laughs> ego for me. All right, so, uh, Barry, earlier today I, I compared Lamar Jackson to taxes, right? Uh, not even Lamar Jackson to taxes, but running quarterbacks are like taxes in the NFL. No, nothing is going to change your mind on them. They, uh, they automatically in your brain suck, right? Nobody likes getting money taken out of their paycheck. And running right. quarterbacks, if you – Dual threat quarterback actually means can't throw. D- Lamar Jackson, I don't think can be put in that category anymore. Okay, he, if I would have showed you his throwing stats, he's got 33 touchdowns, six, uh, six picks, and he's completing 66% of his throws, and you didn't know what his rushing stats were, Barry, you would think that this was Big Ben or Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Barry, do you think that the stigma that Lamar Jackson isn't a good thrower has to be thrown away? 
Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think I think in the type of offense that they run, you know, they run a power offense. So he's only he, he only needs to make big plays when he has to. So basically, when that play action is working, they have the athletes to throw the ball over the top and, and make big plays. So that's the offense, but their offense is to, to, to ground it, to pound it down your throat with, with, with Ingram, to, 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 to pound it down your throat with, with, with Lamar Jackson. You know, the guy has 1,100 rushing yards. That's not by mistake. That's by design. You know, Harbaugh has a great offense in regards to how he how he's structured this offense around Lamar Jackson, his, his strengths. Nobody's talking about his weaknesses. Is he, is he a great, great passer? I, the, the book is still out on that, but he can make the throws that you need him to make, and that's all you need to be successful with the type of defense that they have and the power running style that they go with. Yeah, let's let's shift to the other uh, end of the coin here from last night, right? Ravens took a big win over the Jets yesterday. I think we all kind of expected that. Uh, and Sam Darnold uh, clearly didn't look like the better quarterback. He just he didn't. You know, I think. You saw the talent, but he has no weapons. He has no offensive line. He was constantly facing pressure. I, how do you feel about Sam Darnold this morning? Uh, Sam Darnold, to me, you know, it's you, you can see that, like you said, there is talent there, but there's so many question marks with this organization that you can't even really evaluate him correctly. You know, if they had if they had better weapons, then he's not making the necessary reads or the throws. And you'd be like, okay, well, maybe this is not the guy. But they're in such dysfunction right now that you really don't have a real definite, like definite opinion about him. You can see he's very, very good. And I think that once they surround him with a line, you're going to start to see the talent rise to the top. He is a very, a very talented quarterback, but he's in a rough situation. Rough situation. Yeah, it's it is tough for him. Let's move to the NFC East, and you know, regardless of what we think about it, there is a very high possibility that whoever comes out of the NFC East is going to get booted in the first round of the playoffs anyway. But if we're talking about division titles, I like I. The more I see it, the more I like the Eagles to come out of this division. They get the Redskins, they get the Giants again, and then they get the Cowboys. Uh, in their final three games, Cowboys get the get the Eagles and the Redskins towards uh, at the end of the year, but they play the Rams this week. I think the Rams win this week in Jerry World. D- to me, it's I think the bottom is falling out for Dallas. What say you as far as the NFC East? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the Eagles will win this division. I think they'll finish nine and seven. I think that they uh, they have they have the momentum on their side now, especially with the strength of schedule. It, it's it would take a miracle for me to see them not beat those remaining teams. Now, for Dallas, I just think that – I don't think Dallas is going to win another game. I think the, the, the air has been sucked out of the building. Jerry, has, Jerry, Jerry Jones has caused a very uncomfortable situation in Dallas because everybody knows that Jason Garrett is a lame duck coach. And the comments that he continues to make in the media – only furthers that point. You know, the whole thing about Urban Meyer, you know, that, that, was, that was a bad look for Jerry Jones. You know, you don't have to acknowledge that, yes, you may speak to him in the future. Everybody knows that. But you can't do that while, you're try- while your team is trying to prepare 
for a big game this week. So I, I don't, I really don't think that Dallas wins another game. I think that there's too much going on. I think defensively they are in a, they're in a position where any quarterback, any team is going to come in here and they're going to light you up because the defense just, they don't, it looks like they, they stop trying because in that game, in that game against the, the, uh, the Bears, they missed 19 tackles. I've never heard of a team this year or the last couple years miss 19 tackles in a game. That's because there's no, there's no effort. There's no belief in the defensive scheme. And I don't think there's any belief in the defensive coaches at this point or any coach on the staff. So they're, they're in big trouble. Right. No, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm with you on this. Coaching is definitely a problem, and Jerry has legitimately made a pretty uncomfortable environment uh, going forward for the Cowboys right now. Uh, all right, let's shift to Major League Baseball, right? Because the, the real thing that's eating up the headlines today uh, and pretty much all week is that Garrett Cole is now a New York Yankee, nine years, $324 million. Uh, it's the largest contract for a pitcher as far as total dollars and average annual value, $36 million a year. Um, and here's the thing. Here's my point on this. I think you, we know what we're getting with the talent. You're going to get three great years in the beginning. You're going to get three not-so-great years at the end. I can live with that. But I think that the attitude in the building as far as how confident the Yankees players are, I mean, they're going to shower him in spring training. I think that's the more important part here. How do you feel about Garrett Cole to the Yankees today? Big signing. Big, big signing for the Yankees. It had to be done. I mean, in the last couple of years, what has been the talking point with the Yankees? They need, a, they need a number one pitcher. They need a number one pitcher. They need a starting pitcher. They need a number one pitcher. They finally said, okay, we're going to put all our eggs in this basket and we're going to go for the starting pitcher that we feel can succeed here in New York. And they did that. So it didn't matter what the price tag was. If it was $400 million, I think they would have still paid it. Because they know they, they they're so confident in the talent that they have here that they're going to win a World Series in the next few seasons. And all you ask for with that big nine-year contract is one World Series. That's what you signed for. You know, it's just one. It's just that one ring that you look for, and then you can deal with the the rest of the contract later. It's what happened back in 2009 with the Yankees? They signed all those big guys. They signed CC. They signed Mark Teixeira. And they got that they got that ring, and that was it. You know, yeah. but it was well worth it for spending all that money that they did. So you know, it's a it's a huge huge day for the Yankees, huge opportunity for them. I think the I think the the uh, the AL East is open. It's theirs now. I think I think those the, the World Series looks like it's it's in the new it's in the Yankees' favor. Yeah, I, I think right now I agree with you. I I, I think that. As far as that is concerned, I, I wouldn't bet against anybody but the Yankees right now. Um, so let's get into the NBA a little bit because I, I, I think that there's a couple of interesting thing, uh, things going on. So, I, I, listen, I have no life. So I, I stay up and I watch the late-night NBA games when I get bored. So, you know, I don't really care if it's the middle of the third quarter and it's 1230 in the morning on the East Coast. I, I really don't right. care because it's not like I got anything better to do. You know, what do I do, sleep? <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> I'm watching Denver yesterday, and they're one of the more fascinating teams to me in the entire NBA. I watch them, and I'm like, you know, this, the structure of this offense, and I like Mike Malone as a coach, and I like him a lot, but this is a very 
unorganized, very doing things on the fly sort of system, I, I, this is going to be something that's going to plague them in the future. What say you? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, they have a lot of talent. There's, you really don't know what to expect from a night-in, night-out basis from that team. You don't know if Jokic is going to have the effort. You don't know if Jamal Murray is going to be there. And then defensively, there's times where they show up and there's times where they don't. They're very talented, but they're also very young. So this is what happens when you have a young team, is that you're going to have some inconsistency with their play. You're going to have some inconsistency with how they react to certain adversity. And you're going to see a lot of inconsistency with executing plays. I think Mike Malone is a good coach, but are we going to have a different conversation about Mike Malone if this Denver team they loses in the first round this year? I think if you, I think if this was anywhere else, his seat would get a little hot. But right now he's in Denver. It's fine. You know, there's not really huge expectations for them. Obviously, yes, they they were a, a very good team last year. They were a top three team. But is anybody really considering Denver Denver an NBA title team? Right. Not really. Not really. So this is why he has the leeway to kind of like work on things and work the kinks out, and when they do get to the playoffs, hey, if they win a couple couple series, then then hats off to him. You know, he'll 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 get a contract extension. But if they don't, if they do get out of that, if they do get bounced in the first round, and then they start slow next season, you may see a change in the guard in Denver. Yeah, I, I I think I'm I think I'm with you on that one. So they played Portland last night, uh, and granted, Denver won that basketball game. But I do want to say this. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, for as much as we thought he was done, is actually impressing me with how well he's playing right now. How do you feel about Melo today, Barry? He's He is sticking it to the people who thought that he was done, like you said. Um, he came back. I think he's been – I think, honestly, he's in the best shape that he's ever been in. And had he done this years prior – I think people's opinion about him would have been a little different. Like, inside the locker rooms, people love Carmelo Anthony. It's the outside image that he has where the optics don't look so great, and people then, you know, they develop, they, they, they have an opinion on that. Oh, well, he looks like he's a ball hog. No, he's just an old-school type of player right. that never, that never, you know, changed his game to the point where he can be able to playing this this new system or this new generation of basketball. He just stuck to what he knows. And because of that, basketball wanted to leave him behind. So what he's doing now is I think he's really starting to understand that, okay, I have to do things a little differently. At age 35, at age 36, yeah, I, it's not my team anymore. So I need to just be one of the cogs. And I think he's fine with that. I think he finally understands what he needs to do. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because that was like his big thing, right? Uh, couldn't buy into not being a superstar anymore. All right, so tonight we have a doubleheader in the NBA, right? We have Lakers and Miami, which I think is going to be a really good, a really good basketball game, uh, and then you get Clippers and T Wolves. So we get Lakers and Clippers back to back tonight. Uh, who do you like more so far out of those two teams, and is it particularly close? It's it is close. 
It is close. Lakers and Clippers are very close um, in regards to how they're built. The only difference is, like we spoke about before, is the rim protection. They don't. The Clippers don't have the rim protection that the Lakers have, and I think that the Lakers system is a little better predicated for the players that they have. So everybody kind of understands their role, everybody accepts their role, and things just flow. The ball moves, the ball doesn't stick. At times, when you watch the Clippers, the ball will stick. And I think that they're still trying to figure things out. Now, will that continue? I think it, it will continue to some point because Kawhi Leonard, is a, he's a great player, but he needs the ball in certain spots. If you don't have guys that can get him the ball in certain spots, then you know, your offense is going to get a little stagnant. So I think the Lakers, as a team, are better constructed and they're a better team today. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm all in Lakers right now. They sit 22-3 and three and they're uh, number one in the West right now. Uh, all right, final question before I let you go, Barry. I've, I said earlier in the week that New England, it, it, New England is week by week by week giving me more reasons to be out on them. Okay, they've lost two straight games to two legitimate uh, playoff AFC teams in Kansas City and Houston. I, I Listen, I, I keep asking myself, what do the Patriots actually do well? Brady's not playing well. Their offensive line has struggled. They don't run the ball very well. They have no wide receivers. Their defense struggles against teams that can actually score points. I mean, is it naive or is it wrong of me to say that as of right now, I'm out on New England? No, I, I, I wouldn't say that you're, you're wrong. They, they are probably one of the worst 10-3 teams you've seen. And, and the reason behind that is that I, I think that we can start to come to an agreement here that Brady's the issue. You know, he's, he's really not making the throws. He's not making the reads. This offense has no identity. They have no – they can't get separation. So what happens is that Brady's trying to make something happen and there's nothing there, and now here comes the defense. And the defense can't stop anybody. It's, it's, it's really an erosion from week to week. They get worse every week. And they're getting worse at the wrong time because playoffs are around the corner. And I really don't see that they're actually going to be able to advance. You know, I was saying last time that, you know, you, you, you can't bet against Brady. I, I still have that thought process somewhere. But, man, it's, it's hard to kind of stick with that when you see them play week to week. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So you played basketball uh, yesterday, Barry. How'd that go for you? I'm actually because you had a pretty serious uh, leg thing going on, and you said it was just it was going to be a little shoot around yesterday, some light work. But how did you feel yesterday? I felt great, honestly. I I got to the gym and I put my big Stone Cold Steve Austin brace on, and <laughs> I was ready to go. And then I got scared, and I said, nope, I'm just going to sit here and just watch everybody else play. Oh, no. I stood on the sidelines and shot around a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll work myself back. It's been two years, man, you know, so I'll get there. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. When you go through something like that, it's going to be it's gotta be pretty stu- uh, tough. I gotta, you know, one of these days we'll do a private, uh, we'll do a private interview with this guy because he's got the – 
story of not many others. Seriously, a really great uh, comeback story is Barrington Grant out of U.S. Sports Pages. All right, uh, Barry, we, appreci- uh, we appreciate the time. I apologize for the uh, delayed spot this week. You were supposed to be out two days ago. Uh, but we appreciate the time, man. It's good talking to you. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, man. I'll see you, buddy. All right, Barrington Grant, one of the better guys uh, in the business today, uh, one of the more fascinating guys in sports media to talk to. Uh, okay, let's go to the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza, here on a Friday. So we had a big day the other day in Major League Baseball, and it all started with this. Once again, Scott Boris gets another client signed, Anthony Rendon, signing a seven-year, $245 million contract with the LA Angels. And Anthony Rendon actually didn't – he still didn't get more than Arenado but still pretty decent money for Anthony Rendon. Yeah, well, I think most of the reason, like the Nationals offered him like a seven-year 210 or something like the seven years 215. Like the Nationals offered him a very similar contract, but uh, I think the problem was with deferrals. There was deferrals in the contract and not all of it was going to be guaranteed. So I think this is a, uh, listen, the, the Angels have never had a problem with spending money. They never have. Artie Moreno is very – he isn't afraid to splash out big contracts. I mean, he gave Mike Trout over $400 million last year. I mean, and so he'll spend the money. But this, again, I, I said this I said this a couple days ago. Anthony Rendon to the Angels feels like one of those deals that will fall flat because Anthony Rendon isn't enough. Like, the Angels can hit. They can really hit. Their lineup is really good. They're right. losing Cole Calhoun, but they might well, lose Cole Calhoun, but their lineup is really good. Well, right. Well, Trout, Rendon, Tommy Lastella, Otani, Upton. Pujols, Upton. Uh, they've got uh, Fletcher, who's a really nice player now. Andrelton Simmons. like that. They have a really nice lineup. Do I think they could upgrade a catcher? Yes. I'm not in love with uh, Max Stassi, but... Right now, I'll be honest, the Angels are good. They are. They might be a playoff team, but this is the thing that they've got to work on. They have zero pitching. They don't have any rotation or bullpen. We're gonna get, well, we'll get back to their pitching in just a sec because we do have this just in. The Tampa Bay Rays have signed uh, Japanese outfielder Yoshitomo Tsu, uh, Susugo. A two-year, $12 million contract. He goes to the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, that's the left-handed guy that hits all those monster home runs, yep. right? Yeah. Does the, all the crazy bat flips. Yep. In the, in the Japanese league, he's hit 285, 205 homers, 613 RBIs, five-time MPP All-Star, uh, MPP All-Star Game MVP, represented the, nas- represented the Japan national baseball team in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. His name the Poopy MVP after batting 364. So, yeah, he goes so... Sutsugo goes to the Tampa Bay Rays on a two-year deal. And now we also wait for Shogo Akiyama, too. He, he's expected to sign sometime soon. Might be with Arizona. People gotta re- get, People have to realize, so the Nippon Professional Baseball League in Japan is huge. It is a massively popular league it's big. in Japan. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Japanese baseball is huge. And Sutsugo is one of those players that is like, I mean, you know what I see a lot of in Sutsugo? You're going to think I'm a little bit crazy, but you know who Sutsugo reminds me a little bit of? Hideki Matsui. Matsui? He really does. 
I'm not sure he'll be as good as Hideki Matsui was, but this Sutsugo guy with the left-handed swing, he hits a bunch, he hits a lot of bombs. I mean, he, this guy, this guy hits bombs. You know what I mean? So, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he'll be as good as Hideki Matsui, but I mean... Tsutsugo can really play. This is a good, also a good bat for the Rays and for Tampa Bay. They need pop in that lineup. Yeah, badly. And this, and this is a, they this, do. This is actually a really good underrated sign. A good sign. He's like G-Man Choi, but I think he's an upgrade over G-Man Choi because I'm not sure G-Man Choi is good defensively. Tsutsugo, I'm not sure is good defensively either, but because I think Tsutsugo is outfield slash first base, just like G-Man Choi. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think. Like, I, I think Tsutsugo might be G-Man Choi, but an upgrade over G-Man Choi. How many so, times do you think I could say G-Man Choi in one sentence? Now we go to, we go back to the Texas, uh, the Texas Rangers. G-Man Choi. You guys say, you guys say like 30,000 times? 10,000 G-Man Choi's. We go back to the LA Angels. We'll get to the Rangers actually in a second, but the LA Angels, we mentioned the starting pitching. They're interested in Corey Kluber. They're looking at trading for Corey Kluber. They're interested also in Asif Bumgarner. And, yeah. Hunjin, and Hunjin Ryu. Corey Kluber, though, that's the interesting one. I think that's the move I think they're going to look, they're looking to make. I think they want to make that move. And yeah, but what are they going to give up to get him? Like, the Angels... Know. They look, got no prospect. The, the Angels have one incredibly good... I mean, I th- the Angels have, I think, a top three prospect in all of baseball in Joe Adele. Like, Joe Adele is one of the best prospects in all of baseball. They're not trading him for Corey Kluber. Like, they could use Joe Adele, but, I mean, other than that, I don't know what else they have in their system. Like, what could they give the Indians for Corey Kluber? I don't know. I really don't know. Do you want to give away a major league player, like a a contract? Well, what would you give away? What would would be valid? Because the Indians, I think, are still trying to compete. But I think the the, the Indians... I don't think the Okay, the Indians are interesting to me. Cleveland's interesting. Because I, are they, they trying want to, to keep Lindor? Because they're looking to trade Lindor. They're looking to trade Kluber. They're looking to trade Lindor, but they're not looking to trade him now. They want to trade him. If they're they, going to trade him, they're going to trade him at the deadline. They were, they were discussing this because they want to com- they want to see if they can compete early in the year. Well, this was a topic on MLB Network on during, on their at the winter meetings, and they were discussing this. What what's the Angels? What's the Cleveland Indians' plan? Because they know. Darn, I, I think Greg, Greg Amsinger, I actually agree with him here. He said the Cleveland is, they know that they could probably win the division, but they're not getting past the Yankees and Astros, so what's the point? They want to win a World Series. So if they get if they win the division get to the playoffs, what's the point? That's, I think, what Cleveland, that's how Cleveland feels. So they are, I, I think they are in a bit of a, a teeny bit of a rebuild here. We saw it a little bit last year. We saw it in the trade deadline. We're seeing it now. I don't think the Indians really want to compete. Minnesota won the division this past year. I don't think I think Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland really wants to be, compete. I think Cleveland understands we had our window. It's shut. The Yankees and Astros are clearly better than us. There are other teams getting better. Minnesota won the division. I don't think Cleveland. The White Sox are getting better. The White Sox are getting better. I don't think Cleveland's really trying to compete. I think Cleveland will keep these guys on the roster if they if they can. But you know, uh, but with the right deal for Kluber and Lindor. They're gone. I don't think Cleveland's. I don't think Cleveland's really trying to compete. I think with the right deal, those two guys are gone. Yeah, but even if that, even if that was the case, Evan, and you might be right, what would the Angels be able to give them? 
Because if they're if the Indians are not if the Indians know they're not competing, then they're going to want prospects, not players, because they want more control. So that's one of the things the Angels don't have. The Angels don't have a lot of prospects. They don't have a very deep farm system. They have one great prospect and then a bunch of a bunch of okay ones. You know, a bunch of okay prospects is not going to get you Corey Kluber. You've got to include a good prospect in there at least. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe you put in a major league player there. But who's the major who's league that, player? Who's that guy? Yeah. Who's that guy? I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's got to be somebody that's relatively young. It's got to be somebody that has years of control. I mean, maybe Matt Thice. I mean, maybe you would do something like that, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't say, "All right, we'll take Kluber. We'll give you Pujols." You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, that's not that, like it's just, it's not going to happen because Albert Pujols is Pujols. is beyond a shell of his old self, and I, the guy's cost a ton of money. No one's, no one's taking Pujols, but I don't think anybody's taking Pujols. But right, but that's the kind of thing that. Like, the Angels are going to have to figure out something to where they can get, like, the, where they could get Kluber with the players that they already have in their system. I don't know if they can do that. Like, I would love it if they did that. I would Look, I would love to see the Angels get good. I really would. I, I would hate to see Mike Trout waste Mike his Trout. career. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, he ain't going anywhere. He's had a 12-year, $430 million contract. He is staying with the Angels. Nobody's trading for him. He's staying there. Yeah, and, but it's, it's the Angels' job. It's the Angels' job now. They got Joe Madden, which is a great move in and of itself. Yeah, you, no, it's got, fine. You got That's a good, a good move. You but, got a good lineup, but yeah, you need the pitching now. And you need a lot of it. And yeah. like I would go, uh, I I think they're gonna keep they're gonna keep staying aggressive in free agency. They're gonna go after Dallas Keuchel. They're gonna go after Ryu. I don't think they're going to get Bumgarner because I think Bumgarner wants to stay in the National League, but like I think they, I think they're going to go after some of those starting pitchers, and I think they're going to go heavy after bullpen. I really do with whatever's left. So we'll see. All right, that's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Friday. All right, uh, coming up next, I give you my four sure four. By the way, if you're following my gambling picks you've had a rough couple of weeks I've, i went three and five in the last two weeks uh so i'm i'm doing a little bit rough right now but i'll be i, I think i'll rebound i went one and three two weeks ago then rebounded with two and two last week uh i'm still over 60 i think i'm over 63 64 percent on the year uh which is still pretty good i'm not gonna lie that's still pretty good uh but i got four more picks by the way uh because college football is over or pretty much, it's pretty much over. The only college football game uh, going on this week, I believe, is the Army Navy game, and I think that's it. Yeah, it's Army Navy. Yes, I don't. I'm not going to gamble on that game. So guess what? You get four NFL games this week. Have four. You, have you ever went? You've went four and zero once. No, right? no, you haven't. Oh wait, four and zero. Yeah, yeah, I've gone four and zero a couple of times. That's about to say. I think you have. Yeah, but I have four NFL games. No college games this week, but four NFL games for you to bet on next. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. 
Hour two, here we go. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. It's good to have you in here on a Friday. Uh, I got this letter today uh, that says, Dear Santa, let Mike Guido watch Dan Muno fam. Muno. Muno. I think Muno. Who's Dan Muno? I. That's what it looks like. I think they're saying Dan Marino because I Dan said Marino. something about Dan Marino a couple days ago. Well, okay. You said but, you said Dak and Marino had like what was it a completion percentage thing? Yeah. Yeah. I said. Well, I'm trying to get a sense for what, how people judge accuracy. So what I was saying was, is if Dan Marino is one of the most accurate throwers of all time then why does he have a completion percentage under 60% on yeah, his like career? A, it's like a 59, I think. Yeah, it's like 59% on his career. So I'm saying if he's one of the most accurate, then why, why isn't his completion percentage higher? And it's just like, oh, the game changed. Oh, and the letter also says, and give Evan a ho-ho-ho. Ho-ho-ho, Evan. By request of whoever wrote this. I think we know who wrote that. I think we do, too. Mr. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing. All right. Uh, all right, so let's do this. For sure, four. Uh, listen, if you started fading me in the past couple of weeks, you're, i got to be honest, you're pretty smart. <laughs> three and five in the last three weeks, uh, in the last two weeks. So let's do this. For sure, four. I got four NFL games today. Here we go. Number one, give me the Broncos plus nine and a half at Kansas City. Uh, I think Drew Locke is on a hot streak right now, went into Houston and absolutely dominated the Texans. Uh, and this is a defense in Kansas City that's actually worse. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if the Broncos won this game outright. I wouldn't bet on the Broncos winning it outright if you're going to do a bet like that. But if you're looking to cover the points, nine and a half is a lot of points for Kansas City. I know they're coming off a win against New England. But right now, I think the Broncos will be able to do a better job at controlling the pace of the game. They have a better running game than the Chiefs do. Phillip Lindsey uh, can control the pace. Right now, Broncos' Drew Locke playing really well right now, 2-0 in his career uh, in two career starts. Give me the Broncos plus 9.5 on the road against Kansas City. Number two, give me the Cardinals to my own fault because I keep betting on the Cardinals and I keep losing them, but I'm going to fall for it again. Give me the Cardinals plus 2.5 at home against the Browns. Uh, Listen, if there's a team where I feel confident that a team that's been struggling can fix my bet, it's against the Browns, and it's at home. So if Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury can't wake up even a little bit just to beat the dysfunctional, unbelievably bad Cleveland Browns, then I, I, I'm never betting the Cardinals again, ever. And by never betting the Cardinals again, I mean for the next two weeks of the season because that's all I've got left. So listen, I think that they'll control the pace of the game. A lot. Of, I like making bets on teams that have good running games. The Cardinals will be able to do that. Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, Kyler Murray runs the ball really well. Uh, and I understand that the Browns have the NFL's leading rusher, but this is an offensive line that's going to struggle against a good Cardinals pass rush. I, right now, the way that I see this, the Arizona, I, I like Arizona to win the game. I think the Cardinals are tough right now. I, I know they're not a team that's been successful against the spread, but... Give me the Browns plus two and a half at home against Cleveland. Number three, this is an easy one for me. Give me the Rams minus one at, <laughs> on the road against the Cowboys. I'm telling you right listen, I'm heartbroken because I'm not sure the Cowboys win another game all year. But let's be honest, okay? We look at this team, 
We look at what Dallas is doing right now. For the past three weeks, what do they do well? Not really anything. They're offensively, they're poorly coached. Defensively, they're giving them a lot of points. I mean, and the Rams just went back home to Los Angeles and dismantled the Seattle Seahawks. They're a top five team in the NFL. Okay, the Rams right now are hotter than Dallas. Everybody's hotter than Dallas. I mean, Dallas is is giving up a massive amount of points to bad quarterbacks. Trubisky, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, they can't stop anybody. They, I can't bet on Dallas right now, so give me the Rams minus the one. It's virtually a pick'em game. Rams minus the one at Dallas Cowboys. It's an absolute train wreck. You just listen. You really? You just spent that entire segment just listing off the Cowboys and this and that. All right. Well, what do I have to bet on the Cowboys for? They're gonna win twenty-seven to twenty-six. <laughs> yeah, watch that. Right? They're gonna cover. Uh, all right. Give me uh, number four. This is your bonus NFL game because there's no college football this week. There is college football. It's just the Army-Navy game. I'm, whatever. It's a cool game, but not something I want to bet on. Number four. I will take the Bills plus two on the road against the Steelers. I like this. Okay. I think right now, I think the Bills are better at running the football. Benny Snell. Jalen Samuels, even with James Conner out of the lineup, that I think that the Bills are going to be able to. Uh, I think the Bills are going to be able to control the uh, pace of the game. Right now, give uh, Devin Singletary, Frank Gore. These are guys that can really smash it down your throat. And Devin Singletary is actually pretty dynamic. Uh, listen, Josh Allen's going to run the football as well, and the Bills' defense is the second or third best defense in the entire NFL. That listen, uh, the Bills. I, not a lot. Devlin Hodge is going to have a tough time throwing the football. He really is. This is a secondary for the Bills that is really, really incredible. They're going to give him fits as a pass rush. Uh, listen, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, but give me the Bills plus the two on the road against Pittsburgh. All right, so here's what I'm going with. Broncos plus nine and a half at Kansas City. Cardinals plus two and a half at home against Cleveland. Give me the Rams minus one on the road in Jerry World against Dallas. And then give me the Bills plus two on the road in Pittsburgh. Get rich, kids. I think this is... I'm feeling good about this week. Bye, bye, bye! I feel good about this week. What do you think? I feel good about it. I'm surprised you're betting on that Cowboy-Ram game because it is... It's a ton. It's only one and a half. Rams only favored by one and a half on the road. It's pretty much a pick em. I mean that that one's anyone's that one's anyone's ball game. Like I said, Dallas Dallas isn't a must win. The Rams are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. That's a must win. I hope the Cowboys lose every game right. from here on out. Yeah, you, you, I really you, do. You I want that, that draft pick, man. Think about this: if Cowboys lose every game from here to the end of the season. Right, six and the ten. Eagles make the playoffs and get waxed in the first round, and the I, Cowboys get a top twelve, top thirteen draft pick. I love it. And they get a new coach. <laughs> I'm in. Listen, I am all lose every freaking game. All of them. Tank. Tank for Grant uh, Delpit or something. Like <laughs> Tank no, tank for Lincoln Riley. Lose for Lincoln. <laughs> lose, lose for, for Lincoln. Lincoln. Cardinals Browns. That's another one. That's another one. I can't but I mean I 
I would pick Cleveland because yes, I'm, I'm falling into the trap of betting on the Cardinals again. But that's a tough one to pick too because again, Cleveland. I, they're at home and Cleveland. I, I listen. I thought that if I, if I could get away with betting on the Cardinals, it would be because they're playing the Browns. Is that not fair? It's also the Browns are favored also, on the road. It's also in Arizona. Well, again, the Browns are unpredictable. They're unpredictable. We thought they they got they barely squeaked by Cincinnati. They lost to a Pittsburgh team they never should have lost to. Got a lot of dogs this week. A lot of dogs. Three out of four of them were dogs. Huh? It's not bad. Pittsburgh. Buffalo. I rolled the dice here. Pittsburgh Buffalo's a pick'em in Pittsburgh. Sunday Night Football. Only Pittsburgh's a uh, point and a half favorite. That's a pick'em. Give it in Buffalo Bills. Indy Saints. That's a good one. That would have been a good bet. Indy Saints. Saints by nine. No, I'm staying away from that. I, I was, if I was going to take anything, I was going to take the points with the Saints, but I, I mean, you know, I, like I can't. That's the thing is the Saints' offense can get a little bit inconsistent, and I like I don't know what I'm getting out of the Colts. I don't know. I, think, I try I think to pick guys where I know who they are. I think New Orleans could run away with that one, actually. They could, but My, Miami, I mean, still nine is a lot of points. Miami Nine's a lot of points. I you notice this? I don't like. Very rarely do I take a that heavy point favorite. Very rarely. I don't know. And usually when they're when those are the favorites, when it's by that many points, I usually take the underdog. Miami and the Giants. Giants by three and a half. Oof. So the Giants would be fa- I mean, that's a that's as a home cooking line as I've it's seen. Giants who? Giants Miami. Giants by three and a half. I'm not betting that. At, at home? I'm not betting that. I mean, I know, I know the. Gi- I am not betting that. I know the Giants are at home, but I could first of all, see Miami winning this game. First of all, the game is going to be snooze fest. But not only that, but I, why would I even entertain betting that game the way Miami's playing? That's why I'm thinking. That's why I'm saying. I like Miami, Miami is the most unsure. Like they're bad. I'm surprised, but they just beat the Eagles. I'm surprised it's not a pick'em game. I thought that would be a pick'em. And they just took, made it close against the Jets. Why would I pick that game? They should. You could make the case they should have beaten the Jets. They're a they're a defensive pass interference review away from sweeping the Jets. Patriots by ten half over Cincy. Hey, if there's any game for the Patriots to get going on offense, it's this one. Yeah, I don't know. Bears, All right, Bear, Packers four and a half to the Bears. Houston, Tennessee. Uh, Houston gives three. Tennessee's the favorite in that one at home. Yeah. All right, Ryan Pavich, Pinstripe Alley. I want to get his thoughts on the Garrett Cole signing. Yankees writer for SB Nation. That's coming up next. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, uh, here on a Friday. Uh, Absolutely loaded today. Uh, If we get Ryan on the line, we'll get him. Um, but either way, uh, I was, I wanted to get his thoughts on Garrett Cole because I mean, this is, like I said, I think as, as far as we're concerned, we understand the talent there, but I, I think the more important thing is how it affects the locker room, how it affects this. Every single player in that clubhouse is going to realize how much better they are because of Garrett Cole. Okay, they're going to watch him in spring training, and he's going to be lighting up 100 
into Gary Sanchez's glove, everybody. Everybody's going to be like, oh, my God. This is just ridiculous. Well, you're going to feel it, too, on opening day. I don't know who the, I don't know who the Yankees play or where they are on opening day. But when he I think starts, it's Toronto. Toronto at the stadium? I think it's at the stadium, yes. So, so that place full. So there you go. The place is going to be packed. The hype is going to be around there. And as soon as he throws that first pitch strike, the place is going to go nuts. And the Yankees are going to, you know, as he goes through the game, the Yankees are going to understand, like, that's that's when the Yankee players. I mean, the Yankee players well, yeah. are going to. Well, the, uh, that, uh, that's what I was saying earlier in the week is how many, how many players already, like how many Yankee players do you think texted each other saying, dude, we just got Garrett Cole? Like that that guy that owned that's that guy that's owned us the last couple of years. Yeah, he's he's on our team. Yeah, now. right. We he's got on our him team now. Right, he's on our team, and he's going to be on our team for a long time. We don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> nope. And you knew everybody knew that they had one need. Okay, their one need is they needed an ace starting pitcher, an ace, and they got it. So everybody feels more confident today uh, than they did uh, in previous years. And you're going to plus feel- also. Am I hearing this right that the Yankees are pretty heavily pursuing Josh Hader? They're the most. They're apparently the most active team going for him. I mean, imagine okay. adding Josh Hader them the Dodgers to the that bullpen. And like, if they added Josh Hader and then brought back Batances on the cheap, you'd have Chapman, Hader, Batances, Britton, Ottavino. Who's getting, Kainley, who's getting through that bullpen? Chad Green. And Hader doesn't even have to close. Right. Hader's not, Hader's not closing. Chapman is. You could use Hader whenever you want. You because have, you're, you're like, if you bring Batances back, Batances is easily your eighth inning guy. So think about because that. that. Because as an eighth inning guy, he's one of the best, eight, uh, uh, one of the best, if not the best, specifically eighth inning guys in baseball. And then Araldis Chapman's your closer no I, matter what. I actually stand corrected. You have three closers. Zach Britton. Zach Britton's a closer. Too. Yeah, Britton can close too. That's three. So, so if you get now, I it seems like to me they're not going to get Patances back. The Dodgers are, are the most actively pursuing him, so that that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I'm a little disappointed that I don't hear another New York team in there for Patances, but what I what but you know that's for another day. Good. Yeah, the Mets should absolutely bring in another injury riddled. I mean, I don't think reliever. I guess so. I don't think I, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm teasing. Now, he would be a great addition, but, yeah, but um, still, but no, but yeah, if the Yankees, even if the Yankees don't get Patances, that's still if they get Hater, that's that's three closers you have on your bullpen. You have Tommy Canley, you got Adavino, Chad Green, and then you fill the eighth spot with Luis Sessa or Holder, Loisaga, or probably not Holder, but yeah, like Loisaga or or. or that right or or Luis Sessa or somebody of the, along those lines, yeah, <laughs> but that's but that's <laughs> that's, that's who's your, who's getting through that bullpen? Who? Nobody. That's your nobody. Bullpen. That's your bullpen. That's your bullpen, and then now and then you have an ace in your rotation, and you have that lineup, which is which is maybe the best in baseball. Oh my god, this scary! Is be, this is gonna be scary. I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I'm curious to see what happens. And then you have that there. rotation. Yeah. I've, I've, Cole, Severino, Paxton, Tanaka. I'm curious to see what happens. And then your five guys probably going to be like Jordan Montgomery or something like that. But but for real, like, come on. I mean, uh, pitching isn't even your problem right. anymore. Right. Right. I do think, though, if they lose Batances, I do think they got to bring somebody else in. They got to bring somebody in but to, re- no to take his spot. But there's no rush. No, 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 there so, isn't. So deep. But, no, you're right. There isn't. But. 
I mean, you went to game six of the ALCS, almost a game seven without Batanzas. Without Batanzas. No, with, without a lot of guys. I get it. Without I get a it. lot of guys. I get it. But listen, if you're going to be able to get Batanzas on a one-year deal that's under $10 million bucks, screw it, man. Why not bring him back? The oh, fans sure. love him. He likes New York. He's, I mean, sure. Batanzas would be great back sure. in New York. Sure. Healthy. I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. Even if you've got to pay him, pay him $8 million bucks to have an injury-riddled season again, so what? I'm curious to see what happens with Josh Hader because now if the Yankees get him, who do they give up from Milwaukee? Milwaukee's kind of in the yeah, same boat as Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know. Milwaukee's in the same boat as Cleveland to me. They're selling what everybody. Are what are you doing? So- I'm pretty sure that Milwaukee is going to sell everybody except for Yelich and probably like Keston Hura, and those are the only guys you're going to keep. Everybody else is on the table to get, go- to, to get traded. Sure. Lorenzo Cain. Braun. I think Kay's getting dealt. Uh, so I, everybody. Everybody is going. Or, uh, Orlando, Arcia, I, I think all of them are going to be on the and table to go a, somewhere else. And that's a Brewers team like Cleveland could compete and win the division, but maybe Milwaukee on uh, maybe Milwaukee well, Mo- Milwaukee also doesn't have any pitching. That's that, Milwaukee has yeah. no pitching. That's the difference. They traded Zach Davies. They traded Trent Grisham. Like they, they they got rid of Jimmy Nelson, got rid of Junior Guerra, got rid of like got rid of Yolis Chassin, like the they got rid of everybody. That's the difference. Everybody. That's like, difference their number Cleveland. one starter right now is who? Woodruff? Is that who it is? Um, I think it's Woodruff. I don't even think they have Gio Gonzalez anymore. No. Gonzalez, isn't Gonzalez a free agent? Gonzalez, yeah, I, well, Gonzalez I think, agent, yeah, right? I think the Yankees brought him in on a, like a spring training minor league deal. That didn't last long. He and it didn't to- last long, and he went to the Brewers, I think, on that same sort of contract. I don't even think they have Gio Gonzalez anymore. Milwaukee is Milwaukee's in a similar situation. Almost a, yeah, Woodruff is their ace. Almost a similar situation with Cleveland, except yeah, Cleveland's got pitching, and Milwaukee doesn't, which makes it even curiouser and curiouser why Milwaukee is hasn't made an effort now two off seasons in a row with the offense that they I mean, have. They, but they to get broke pitching. up. They broke up the group entirely. Bring, didn't bring back Grandal. Didn't bring back Mustakas. Mm-hmm. Like they they got rid of. Um, I think they're getting rid of Eric Thames. Like they're just they're letting everybody go. They traded Jesus Aguilar last year. So what happened? Okay, so what happens eventually? Got rid of Travis Shaw. I mean, they literally are dumping everything. So what happens eventually with Christian Yelich? I don't know. That's my thing. Uh, Is I think they're going to try and keep Yelich as like their their piece to build around to their to rebuild around. But I don't know what that's going to do them. Because yeah. eventually you're going to have to sign him, right? He doesn't have a contract Yelich yet. is 28 years old. His free agent season is in, two, is in th- three years. He's got 2020, 2021, 2022. Then he's, wow. then he's a free agent. Then he's a free agent. Yeah. So, what, so, so you, can't, you can't let him – I don't know what Milwaukee's direction is. You can't let him walk for nothing. You, can't, you, don't, mean, want Milwaukee, to, you don't want to trade him right now. Milwaukee could finish fourth or fifth in the, in the division next year. I don't think, Milwaukee's not going to be very good. And Yelich could still, and, but Yelich could still produce at a high level. Might sure. Might still win MVP. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, all right, let's go to the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza, here on a Friday. Well, we go from one baseball on the field news and free agency to more stuff about the Houston Astros. Rob Manfred offered some more insight into the league's investigation. He said... Um, the league has gathered 76,000 emails and talked to 60 witnesses as part of its investigation. He said on Wednesday at the winter meetings, the, uh, the, the investigation will continue into the, the investigation will actually continue into the new year. So into the baseball season, this investigation will continue. Wow. 76,000 emails and talked to over 60 witnesses. Well, yeah. I mean, Major League Baseball's got to 
I, this is gonna be. I, this might not. This might not be resolved until the end of next season. Maybe. Like it really might not be Maybe. because this is such an in-depth, crazy, crazy, crazy investigation. Well, they gotta get. They gotta get to the the full-on bottom of this. They gotta get to the bottom of this and see. And, and I mean, are they gonna do what? something in the interim though? Like, are they ever gonna? Well, what can you do in the interim? You can't. You can't. We can't find the Astros now. You just got to continue your investigation and, and try to and try to get to and find out what really happened. Right. So you really can't do anything to the Astros. If anything, the Astros will begin to clear just for this season, and then next season, that's when they're going to 2020 and 2021. That's when they're going to be. That's when they're going to be in trouble. Right. Exactly. So, so I, I, we'll see. I, I'm just. I'm very interested in trying to figure out like what the right punishment is. I don't know what the right punishment is. You know what I mean? I I, I just don't. What what would it be? Like do you, the, well, do you the, suspend players? No, do you don't have to suspend players. If anything, you you do what you give all, them a a massive fine and massive fine, loss of draft pick, maybe a loss of international money, uh, loss of loss of draft. I mean, picks. do they get stripped of their title? No. You and I have had this conversation it's not, it's not before. Happen. It's not happening. They're not going to get stripped of the title. They're not going to have a vacated title because it's pretending like the 2017 season never happened. Exactly. Yeah, that title is not that title's not going anywhere. It's still staying Which, in the Which, by Raptors. the way, the 2017 postseason was incredible. It was an incredibly fun postseason to watch. Yeah. That, so. that, 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 that World Series banner is staying in the rafters of Minute Maid Park. It's, it's staying there. And it'll forever be there. But it's the difference is we're all going to look at that title and go, hmm. You know, kind of like how we look at the Patriots' first three titles and go, mm, you know, but that's yeah, but it's just how it's going to be. But again, like you and I have had this conversation. I don't like. I don't know if that's enough for me. Like I need them. Like I need Major League Baseball to put in something that will send a message to other teams that says, "You better not cheat." So you want them to strip them of the title. Strip them of the title. I I would say, like I said, I I would say temporary postseason ban. Like that's my that's my thing. Is I know yeah. it's ugly. I know it's ugly, and I would suspend players. I would suspend. I would suspend AJ Hinch. Like I would, and I would heavily find the find the owners because think about this. Like if you're if you're oh the owners okay, fine. if you own if you own the Yankees. Like, let's just say this for example. I'm not ins- insinuating anything, but let's say, for example, you own the Yankees. The Yankees have more money than God, right? You find them. All right, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna find you two and a half million bucks for this. It's a lot of money to a lot of teams. To the Yankees, it's chump change. So if that's all they're gonna do, yeah, cheat. Go ahead. You know what I mean? It's you've got to send a message that'll actually hurt. You know and I, I mean? think, and I do think losing draft picks and a heavy, heavy fine does hurt them. You're not yeah, going like, to do the playoff. The Astros, thing. to me, took took a year away from other teams. Right? They took a year away from other teams. Sure, but you because also... because they and listen, the Astros were great either way, but they took a year away from other teams. So in that, isn't it only right that the that Major League Baseball takes a year a year away from you? Fair, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, like it's a fair argument. It's a fair argument that, like they took, that they took it, away. It's 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 to me, it's the equivalency of whether you're for the death penalty or not, right? If you're for capital punishment, like 
If somebody murders somebody, then somebody has the right to murder you. Like, that's how a lot of people think, right? Some, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell you which way I think or which way I don't think, but regardless of that, there are some people that believe that if you take somebody's life, then you've lost the right to your own. It's, uh, to me, it's very similar to that. You, you took away the right to everybody else's World Series title, so we're going to take your right away for another season. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like it would hurt enough for me. I mean, again, they're not going to They're not going to do, do it. But, it. You know what you, I mean? And if you do the postseason thing, if you do the postseason thing, then it's... And the Astros, the Astros win 100 win 90, games, and the, games. The, the second place team is the Angels, and they win 83... Then yeah. I, I get it. Then but they go they go to the playoffs. Everyone's saying, "Well, they're just paper. They're just they're just they're not they're division champs, but they're not really the division champs. They're the second team. We did, we put them in because we had to suspend the Astros for playoffs for playoff pay. For playoff I don't know. Well, I, I, I I'm just like AJ Hinch. I think will be. I think he there's a he'll, good get chance he'll get suspended. I think there's a chance he'll get suspended. I don't know about Carlos Beltran. I don't know about some of the others like Alice Cora. I don't know about them. Yeah. But I definitely think A.J. Hinch and the ownership will definitely get a heavy fine. Hinch will definitely get suspended. Well, because I don't think you're going to fine. I don't think you're going to suspend Alex Cora or suspend Carlos Beltran just because your goal here is not to hurt the people involved. The goal here is to hurt the team. Right. Right? The goal here is because if you if you suspend Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran, you're now hurting the Red Sox and you're hurting the Mets. And that... That doesn't make any sense to me. That's but, not your goal. But you're, well, for their case, because when hurt. the Mets hired Carlos Beltran, I wouldn't. I would be very doubtful that they knew that Carlos Beltran was involved in something. Oh, I don't like think this. anyone knew. I don't think the you Red Sox I mean? knew. I don't think the Mets knew. Right, but exactly. But I don't you, think anybody knew about this until now. I think Major League Baseball would just be punishing the ones involved. Right. Every anyone who's a, doesn't matter who they are. Any it doesn't matter who they are. They could be retired. Any, uh, anyone who is involved. How do you? How do you? How do you? I'm just, how do you how do you hurt a retired guy? I don't know. I'm just making it up. I'm just saying. I'm just like, making how it do you hurt know. Evan Gaddis? Like Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis is retired. I don't think Evan Gaddis is retired. I think Evan Gaddis just didn't play last year. Yeah, I, I was say, surprised. I that was one of the really shocking things that Evan Gaddis didn't get a contract last year. He's a good player. He's a good player. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Any, it doesn't matter where they are. Any, I think anybody that is that was involved in 2017 in that World Series run in cheating at any point in time during the Astros, during this Astros run <sighs> where they have cheated, yeah, could face punishment. I'm just saying. Now, it's not going to be the world. If the World Series title gets gets banned, gets stripped. That is a message that will rock the sports world, not baseball. The sports world. Yeah. It will. It will rock everyone. You take away a World Series title, the first World Series title that's tainted and destroyed since 1919 with the Chicago White Sox scandal. And that was them throwing the World Series to the Reds. Almost a hundred years later. Almost a hundred years later. I mean, that's a that is a message by Rob Manfred. I think, and I do think you will have people respect Rob Manfred for that. Manfred putting his foot down, yeah. saying, "You know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not taking this. You cheated when you you destroyed a great World Series. A world, uh, the World Series has been has been a big part of of sports for decades, a century. I got to take this yeah. away from you, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think so either. All right, uh, what's next? Uh, we'll get back to we'll get back to football in a bit. We'll get to football in a bit, but first let's let's stick with baseball for a second. Uh, MLB uh, Sports Illustrated came out with their winners and losers of the MLB meetings on SportsIllustrated.com. Uh, some of their winners, the first winner, come on, Mike, you know who the first winner is the Yankees. The Yankees, that's right. 
the LA Angels, the Washington Nationals, the New York Mets, uh, and of course, and agents. Why are the Mets winners? I think they well, they put it there. They write down. They put them in there for signing uh, guys like uh, Michael Walker and Rick Porcello, of course. They write the few moves this Mets made this oh, week okay. actually make sense, which should be considered a win for such a dysfunctional organization. Uh, I mean, I, I like Michael. Well, I don't mind. I, I think the Mets did a decent thing getting good depth in the rotation, getting Porcello, getting Waka. They needed depth in the rotation the worst way. Now you have six guys in there. Maybe one moves to the pen like Waka. Who knows? You know, obviously the biggest still need is still bullpen, and it and it and it hurts me that it seems like they might be out on Patances. I want them to get Patances in the worst way. But I'll, I, I think it's good starting pitching rotation. Will they get another bat? I think another bat might be their next move. Uh, Agent Scott Boris being a winner. Yeah, three straight days. Yeah. <laughs> three straight days. Your top three clients got paid. He he accumulated, I think the number, if I remember correctly, between Strasburg's contract, Cole's contract, and Rendon's contract, I think he accumulated over 814 million dollars worth of co- worth of total dollars in contracts in three days as a rich rich agent he's that's, that's a lot of money that's a lot of cash major league baseball they put as also a winner too because of the, everything that happens with the winnings and some of the yeah, yeah major league baseball oh my god winner of this. yes yeah the other this was incredible for the sport Incredible for the sport. Especially after last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Huge. Huge for the sport. Some of the the losers, the L.A. Dodgers, they've yet to do much of anything. They've lost lost out. Looks like they're going to go heavy on Patances, but they lost out on Anthony Rendon. Lost out on Garrett Cole. Uh, They're going hard after Mad Bum, I think, too. Yeah. Houston Astros list as a loser, too. And, yeah, I mean, the Astros lose your side of the world winner. You still got the investigation, everything going on. And they have no pitching. Like, aside right. from the investigation, the Astros have no pitching. The Texas Rangers... They're gonna, they might trade Carlos Correa. I mean, like... You saw that, right? With them having dialogue about Correa, and, of course, the Mets were involved in it. That's very interesting, because Correa is a free agent, I believe, in two years. He's a free agent in two years. I think you're right. So, that is certainly interesting. Now, do you... I, if I'm the Astros, I lock Correa up, like, today. I'm not trading him. I lock him up today. But... I mean, could they could they fig, could they figure they can get another starting pitcher for Correa? We'll see. Yeah. But that's certainly interesting. That they're opening up dialogue for Correa. And actually, also the Rockies too opening up dialogue for Dolan Arenado, which that's also a really interesting name to look at too. Also, the Texas Rangers also listed as the final loser for the MLB winter meetings. You know what's interesting about the Rangers? I know they were in it for a lot of guys, but I don't know. It made no the, sense what's, for yeah, them. Yeah, what's the rush? It made no sense for them. I, I mean, I guess because they're. They're trying to sell tickets. They're trying to open up the new stadium, and I guess. I I mean, listen, that's fair, but by the way, I think that new Texas Rangers stadium is going to be beautiful. I think it is going to be beautiful. It looks really nice. What's next, finally? Uh, We'll go to football. Yes, last night the Ravens beat the Jets Jets to clinch their second straight AFC North Division title. Their sixth in franchise history. But on the other, yeah. but on the other end of the spectrum, uh-huh. at the right at the end of the game, with two minutes to go in the game, Adam Gase and Sam Donald got into a little sideline, down to a sideline argument. Yeah, but uh, two minutes to go in the game. Uh, obviously, we know about what happened earlier in the season. Donald went into Gase's office, and they talked more about the offense. Wanted to change things more about the offense. Donald started. Donald was talking more and communicating more with Adam Gase. 
I think yesterday you saw a lot of frustration, Sam Darnold, and a lot of frustration between the two going on. I'm not saying there's dysfunction between the two. I just I th I think right now they're trying to just work things well, yeah, out. Yeah, I think I I think they're both frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, I think Darnold's a little more frustrated than Gase is. I mean, you, but... see, you see the difference last night, right? Lamar Jackson, he steps back to throw. He's got he's got more than three seconds to throw the football in the pocket. Every Sam time. Every time. Every time. Sam Darnold drops back, and he's got not even a second to throw the football. He's got, he made some really nice completions with guys all over him, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Lamar Jackson played great. I thought Sam Darnold played pretty good, too. I know he threw a right. bad pick right before the half, which really cost him. But I thought despite everything, with Listen, three backup linemen, Donald was making some nice throws yesterday. The Jets had no shot at winning that football game. They had no shot. They're playing the Ravens in Baltimore on a short week. Scary thing is... No way they're losing. They're winning that football game. not saying they would have won, but if the scary thing is they probably should have been down 21-17 at half. Because they, they, they competed. They did compete in that first half, and they are moving the ball. Well, right. Well, I, listen, if you're a Jets fan yesterday, you should be happy about what you saw. Okay, you got blown out by the best team in football. Big deal. But Sam Darnold was making good throws. He was making things happen when he was facing pressure. Please, Listen, if you can, if you couldn't tell me today that Sam Darnold has no offensive help whatsoever as far as receivers, offensive line, whatever, tight ends, yeah, offensive uh, line. I mean, he's got nothing. You see the, you see the nothing. You see the difference. And the, you know, and I know, I know the Ravens didn't have Ronnie Stanley. But then again, the Jets don't have a pass rush to even make that a factor. Right. They don't have a pass rush to make the Ravens I think we overestimated how good the Jets roster was at the beginning of the year. Like, I really do think that we did. Le'Veon Bell, kind of a question mark. C.J. Mosley was a nice Adams. get, but he's been hurt he's most of the all year. year. He's out all year. He hasn't, he's played in, what, a game and a half? Right. But Not they, even? They traded Leonard Williams. They have no interior presence. Avery they, Williamson was, was a big loss. He tore his ACL week three, week four of the preseason. Right. They have three. no outside pass rushers. They have a terrible Roman offensive Jenkins. line. They have no wide receivers. Well, that I mean, offensive this line is a team that's got a lot of work to do before they're any good. That offensive line got We to. thought they were closer than I think... We thought that they were closer than they actually are. They're not close. And, but the scary thing is, they, sh they probably should have been in this game more at the half. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Cowboys. You know, they with Darnold, maybe they beat Cleveland. Yeah. Here's, oh, here's one. Here's, here's a what are the chances. What are the chances the Jets finish with the same record as the Cowboys? Well, six, six and ten. Six and ten. Six and ten. All right, so Jets play Buffalo one more time in Buffalo, so... Don't they get New England again, too? No, they're done with New they're England. They're done with New, New England? England. New England. They get the Steelers next Sunday at home. They can lose that. Yeah. They that can might, lose that. That. Be, that might be 5-11 and 11. again. So... So they get the Bills and the Steelers. Steelers at home. Steelers in Meadowlands next Sunday at 1 o'clock. Jets at Buffalo and the following Sunday. And the Cowboys have the Rams this Rams Sunday, and, and then they get the Eagles and the Redskins. Right, Rams, Eagles, Redskins. Yes. You look at it six and ten. You would think six and ten, five and eleven. I, I can't see the Jets winning, beating Pittsburgh, and I can't see them beating the Buff Bills and Buffalo. I can't. I know they beat the Bills and Buffalo last year, but I can't see it this year. I don't know. We'll see. There's just there's just there's just a lot of things to work. That yeah. offensive line. They brought back Ryan Khalil. That didn't work out. They tried. They traded for Clutch Assembly and. Obviously, everything that happened with Assembly is, is, is really unfortunate because it, it was such a bad look for the organization. Yeah. Assembly's out, and they had three, three a left, Kelvin Beach in the left tackle, Brandon Shell right tackle, and three backups. Guard, backup guard, backup center, backup guard. No Bilal yeah. Powell no last night. No Ryan Griffin. Uh, 
what's his name? The starting tight end. Why can't I get his name in my head? For the Jets? For the Jets. Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. Herndon. Yeah. Yesterday fairly, they fairly were dealing with year. Daniel Brown. Daniel Brown's a third string tight end. That's actually what Donald Stone the football with the with the interception. Drayton Smith, who that throw wasn't even close, by the way. It, close, it, was, it was either a miscommunication or just a terrible Darnold throw. I, it might have been a little it was bit right ball. to him. Might have been a, it yeah. was literally Chuck Clark was standing oh, was right there. Oh, it was gift wrapped to Chuck Clark. Another guy, another guy who's played so well in this Ravens defense. But you know, Smith stops on a route. There's no obviously there's no chemistry with with him because again he's playing. He's coming out. He's playing because of injured guys that are hurt. Right. Marius Thomas didn't play. Marius Thomas didn't say one about him, but. You know, about whether he's done or whether he's not the same. He but, is. But, but, he Don, is. but Donald has relied on him a lot this year. Donald and Demarius Thomas seem to have a decent connection. Right. But, again, he ain't playing yesterday. Just it, oh, You see the difference between organization, coaching, structure, the the weapons, the, the playmakers, the lot, especially the offensive line. You see right. the differences between Lamar, what Lamar has and what Donald has. And you see why one's having success is going to win the MVP. And the other ones having bumps in the road and, ha- and trying right. to trying to make things trying to make things work with less, right? Especially right. that offensive line. That's the news. Intern BJ journalist Evan Mazza here on a Friday. All right, coming up next, we make picks. We got news, and then we do death match. All that. Hour number three. Next, it's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Hour number three. Here we go. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido. Evan Mazza, my producer. It's good to have you in here on a Friday. Absolutely loaded today. I had Barrington Grant on earlier. Uh, all right, we make picks, we do deathmatch, we go home, I'll go make myself some soup, I'll rest for the rest of the day, because I am dying you got here a big today. cowboy game coming up this Sunday, it's all or nothing, here we yeah. go. All right, so here we go, Evan, let's make picks. All right, here we go. I like it, he's got the little drums like. Know the timing so well. All right. So first up, we're going to do the Cowboys and the Rams. That's right. Here we go. Cowboys-Rams. 4.30. We're going a little different here. Rams-Cowboys. Rams favored by two. Who do we got? Give me the Rams uh, on the road. They just Coming off a win against Seattle, uh, they showed that they are coming back and they're, try- they're somewhat figuring it out uh, going forward. The Rams right now, I know everybody kind of doesn't like them, Right now, they're 8-5. and five. They're right in the thick of things. Uh, listen, I, I'm still not sure they're going to make the playoffs. They, a lot of things would have to happen. But the Rams beating the Cowboys this weekend, I'm pretty sure, is a 4 sure 4 thing. Uh, right, give me the Rams. I, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say 30, 30, to, uh, 30 to 20 over the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm tempted, I'm tempted to take the Dallas Cowboys because, again, you've lost three. You've lost a couple in a row. You're, you, the Eagles just beat the the Eagles just beat the Giants. They just tied you for the division. I'm tempted to take Dallas because this might. I feel like this is the game where they can wake up and real and realize their potential again. But I am going to take the I am going to take the uh, L.A. Rams here. The Rams are just playing too good of football. 
They're playing really well. They're getting hot. The Cowboys, I have no faith in them. The Cowboys running game, they're, the Cowboys running game is inconsistent. I want to see more Zeke, but we're not getting it. Their defense is falling behind way too much early in games. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the LA Rams. I don't have faith in their defense right now. That's the biggest thing. Their defense is struggling. I don't know what's going on with that defense. And here comes Jared Goff in a red hot Rams offense. So, I'm going to take the LA Rams. Next game, Dolphins Giants Giants favored by a three and a half. What do we got? Uh, give me. I'll take the Giants. I, listen, I, I, Giants at home. I think that means a lot. Uh, but listen, the Dolphins play really good, hard-nosed football. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent on their roster, but they play hard. I think the Giants right now have kind of given up on the season. But I think as far as talent's concerned, I think the Giants are way more talented. I like the quarterback more. Uh, ugly, low-scoring game, but give me the Giants. I'm going to take them 16-13 over the Dolphins. I'll go I'll go that same score, but different outcome. Dolphins, 16-13. Miami's playing good. They're playing competitive. The Giants' defense is a mess. Eli, I, I think Eli will make some plays, but not much. I think, the Gi- I think any gas the Giants had in the tank to pull out a win was left out on the field in the first half on Monday Night Football. I think that I think it's gone now. I think I do think Eli gets one. I think Eli gets a nice little uh, nice final goodbye to the Giants, his Giants fans, his final star at MetLife Stadium. I think he gets a nice goodbye for the fans. I think the fans will definitely cheer him on, you know, and pull for and pull for Eli to get one more win in at MetLife Stadium. But I'm actually going to take the Miami Dolphins. What's I would like to see Eli get one more win in MetLife and get back to 500. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins here. They're just playing better. All right. Another big NFC East game for the Cowboys and the Eagles as the Eagles take on Washington in Washington. Eagles favored by four and a half. Do the Eagles take over first place after after this week? Yes, they do. I'm going to take the Eagles on the road. Uh, right, I, I get that they're hurt. I get that they don't have a lot of wide receivers. But this is one of those things where I don't think the Redskins secondary is going to affect them that much. Uh, they don't have the uh, – I, I don't think they have the uh, wherewithal to take advantage of that. And as far as offensively, the the Redskins are a mess. Dwayne Haskins clearly is not ready for the NFL at this point. Uh, He needs a lot more grooming. This is not a great offensive line. They don't have receivers either. Uh, Give me the the Eagles. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think the Eagles are going to win this game relatively handsomely. Uh, Give me the Eagles 27-17 over the Redskins. Yeah, give me the Eagles too, 24-10. I think the Eagles pull away. I think the Eagles, this game might be close. At the start, because it was pretty close week one when they first met, but I think the Eagles take I think the Eagles take this game. He's pretty pretty handily. They have a golden opportunity to win this division. It's the same Eagle team that lost to Miami, so that scares me. But I think the Eagles take this take over this division for now. Setting up next week's Cowboys Eagles game in in Philadelphia with everything on the line. Eagles win, they win the division. Cowboys yeah. win, they sweep the Eagles, and they can wrap up the division the next week, I believe, against uh, Washington. Right for the Cowboys be week seventeen. Yeah. So, Seahawks Panthers Panthers favorite by six. I mean, I'm sorry, Seahawks favorite by six. The, uh, give me Seattle. Give me Seattle on the road. Uh, Carolina, uh, I think they're going to struggle really badly the rest of the year without Ron Rivera at uh, coaching them. And uh, listen, I, I believe in bounce back theory. So the Seahawks getting blown out by the Ra- uh, by the Rams uh, this past week. They go on the road again. I don't think they lose two straight. Uh, give me Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle pretty big, actually. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks. 
I'll say 31-13 over Carolina. Yeah, I give me Seattle too. Bounce back theory and everything. Carolina's packed it in. They're they're ready to they're ready for the offseason. They're ready to get the new head coach. Maybe getting the new quarterback. Seattle big. The plus Seattle's just a better team on the road. I know they got blasted by the Rams on the road, but they're just better on the road. I think Seattle wins this one handily, 31 to 10. Another another game. Tampa Bay Lions in Detroit. Tampa Bay favored by three and a half. What do we got? Uh, give me. Uh... I'm going to take the Lions at home. I, I, I'm going to listen. Uh, David Blow at quarterback. Uh, listen, this uh, this Lions defense is not great, but they have they have a corner that can really cause turnovers. Mike Evans is out for the year for Tampa. The, I think Darius Slay has a slight advantage over Chris Godwin at wide receiver. So I, right now, I'm going to take the Lions. I think offensively, they'll be able to control pace of the game. The Buccaneers do not run the football well. And Bo Scarborough has actually done a really nice job for the Lions so far. Uh, again, this is one of those games where you're just like, eh, whatever. Uh, but I'm going to take the Detroit Lions at home. I'll say 21 to, I'll say 21-20 Lions over the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Tam- I'll go. Tw- I'll go Tampa Bay. Still, I'll still. I'll still say Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay will lose the game on a missed extra point. Why not? With that, with all these, Justin Tucker missed extra point yesterday. So with all these extra points. So now he's extra- the worst kicker in no, football, no, right? He's not big trust no more. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll. I'll still say Tampa Bay. I, I know there's no Mike Evans, but I'll still say Tampa Bay. I. I, I think Tampa Bay will, will do enough. We'll still do enough on offense against a bad Lions defense to take to take care of business and win the game. Jameis Winston might be the best worst quarterback I've ever seen. Really? The best worst the quarterback? Best, worst, high in passing yards. High in touchdown passes. High in interceptions. Low passer rating. He's the best worst quarterback I've ever seen. It's it's Jameis Winston is such an enigma. He really it's is. Such an no, enigma. it's true. I can't figure it out. All these passing yards. 20, 23, 24 touchdown passes. Whatever he has. But he's got over 20 interceptions again. His quick percentage is bad. His, his, his passer rating is bad. He's such an enigma. But I'll still I'll take Tampa Bay here. Uh, next one, uh, Patriots offense, time to wake up in Cincinnati. Bang, Patriots favored by 10 here. Patriots, time for you to wake up. Well, the Patriots have all the tape on Cincinnati. I, uh, so. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, but New England's going to win this game. Uh, on the road, New England. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. I really don't because I don't think the Patriots offense can blow anybody out, even against a historically bad defense with Cincinnati. So I could New England get into the 20s? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say close, uh, not even really close, but not a blowout. Give me New England uh, 26. I'll say 26 to 13 over Cincinnati. I'll say 27 to 3 Patriots. I think their defense is their defense is play is still I think really good. They held they shut they pretty much shut out the Chiefs in the second half, held them to three points. Uh, Cincinnati's offense. I know Andy Dalton's back, but they got nothing. They really got nothing there other than Andy Dalton. I think the Patriots' offense bounces back nicely. If they, if this game is close, if the Patriots have to fight to win this game, forget losing. If they had to fight to win this game, there's some, then I'll, then I will finally say there is something wrong here. We got some issue. We got some problems with the Patriots. I will finally say it. We got some serious problems with the Patriots. If they have to scrap in to win this game, but they should take care of business uh, pretty handily. Camera, uh, videotape or no videotape. All right, huge game. Absolutely big game in the AFC South. 
first place on the line, Texans, Titans in Tennessee. Tennessee favored by three. Who's taking the AFC South after this Sunday? Who's this taking, who's is this? a fascinating football game. Who's Could be the place? game of the week. I'm going to take the Titans at home. Uh, it is going to be a by-the-skin-of-their-teeth type game. The, Ryan Tannehill quietly has gone 6-1 and one as the starting quarterback of Tennessee. Uh, and like I said, Deshaun Watson and the Texans beat New England, but coming off a bad loss at home against Denver. Uh, uh, listen, uh, right now, the way the Tennessee's rolling, it's hard to bet against them. I'm going to take the Titans right now. Close game, really close game. I will say 27-26 Titans over the Texans. This is their first of two matchups in three weeks. They face off against each other again week 17 in, in Houston. Houston's such I, speaking of enigmas, Houston's such a weird football team. They beat New England, then they go right off and they beat the Colts, beat the Pages, then get blown up by Denver. I don't think they're that team against Denver. I think they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder. I think they're gonna wanna prove some I think they're gonna wanna prove some people wrong. I'm gonna say the Houston Texans go to Tennessee, take a really hard fought, tough win. They get they get they take over the division title at least for a week or two. I think Houston bounces back in a tight, great football game. 26-23. Deshaun Watson bounces back to being Deshaun Watson. I like I love Tennessee. I love what they're doing. I think it's amazing what the, what they've been able to accomplish this season to this point. I will take Houston 26-23. Alright. Next up, another big game, another big in-division game. Bears, Packers in Green Bay. Green Bay favored by four and a half. What do we got? This is where the Bears season ends. Uh, Give me Green Bay. Do not think it's going to be a a blowout game. I do think Green Bay and Chicago will keep this game close. They're always well, uh, well fought. This is a struggling Packers offense against a Bears defense, which is still very elite. Uh, So I... I do think it's going to be in the lower scoring side. Trubisky in the Bears offense, I don't think he's going to be able to uh, take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, give me Green Bay, lower scoring game. I'm going to take the Packers 19-10 to 10 over the Bears. I picked against the Bears the last time. I picked the Bears the last time they met Green Bay. Green Bay won. I picked the Bears on Thursday to beat the Cowboys. Chicago won. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Too good of a defense. I think. I think this is the week. Mitch Trubisky uh, kind of falls down, kind of falls back to earth just a little bit. I think Aaron Rodgers will. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packer offense will do just enough. No Roquan Smith, which is big. No Roquan Smith. That is a big loss for the Bears defense. He's out for the rest of the year. I'll take the Packers. It'll still be a hard-fought win. 23-16 in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Jacksonville Jaguars going to Oakland. Both teams looking to get a win after getting blown out. Uh, for a couple of weeks, Jaguars, Raiders. Who gets a win after these between these two teams? Does Jaguar get back on track? John, you're six and a half point favorites here. I think it's going to be the Raiders. I agree. Uh, here's the thing: I, Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and all, this entire Raiders team has to get off the Schneid at some point. Jacksonville is not playing good football right now. They're clearly the worst team in their division. They can't figure out quarterback. Their defense uh, has actually been really overrated. It has not played well in the uh, in recent weeks. Uh, I actually think the uh, I actually think the Raiders take this one and they take it big. Uh, give me the Raiders thirty four to ten over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the Raiders too. And both, I, I mean, one of these teams. I mean, I don't, I would like to see what the combination of defeat. 
that the Raiders and Jaguars have taken these last couple of weeks. I mean, just, just the amount of points that both these teams have let off the last couple of weeks has been insane. But I'll take the Raiders. I'll take the Raiders. 23-10, the Raiders. Jacksonville looking for a new, maybe looking for a new quarterback. Maybe a new head coach, too. Oakland, I think they'll just try to finish their season strong. They, they, they're probably out. They're probably done now. They'll, they'll just try to see if they can finish their season strong and move on to next year. There's some good things to look at for the Oakland Raiders. There is. Den another AFC West matchup. Now we got another in-division matchup. Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs. It's a part of your 4 sure 4 Kansas City, favored by 10. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs here at home, but it, I think it is going to be an outrageously close and well-fought game. Drew Locke has played really well for the Broncos lately. 2-0 uh, in his last two starts. He absolutely dominated the Houston Texans last week in Houston. So I'm impressed by the kid. Right now I'm looking uh, at the Chiefs offense to take advantage of a banged up, kind of getting older Broncos defense. That really, I think, is going to be the difference in the game. But I do think Denver could control the pace of this. It's just the Chiefs I have more faith in. They're tough at home. Patrick Mahomes, better quarterback. Uh, right now, I'm going to take the Chiefs. But it is going to be close. High, uh, high scoring game. Give me the Chiefs. 38 to 34 over the Denver Broncos. This is interesting because this is the second week in a row where the Broncos are taking on a team that just had this big, big win over the Patriots. They did it, then they destroyed Houston, but this is in Kansas City, both on the road. But this is in Kansas City, in division. The Chiefs know the Broncos well. They dominated Denver last time. I will take Kansas City, not big, but I'll say 26, 20, 26 to 13. Kansas City gets the win here. Kansas City cannot afford to lose any ground, so I'll take the Chiefs. Right. Another one of your four short four, Browns, Cardinals. Browns favored by two and a half. It's my fault for doing this, right? I'm, I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals at home. I'm hoping they can get off the schneid a little bit, maybe win a game or two at the end of the year, make me look not as bad. Listen, Cleveland's dysfunctional. The, everything is going wrong in Cleveland right now. Ever since the Pittsburgh game, I'm not a fan of what they're doing right now. Uh, I think Kyler Murray uh, and Kenyon Drake and all those guys with speed are going to control the tempo of the game. It's going to be too fast for the Browns to, uh, this week. Uh, give me Arizona to win this game outright. I'll take the Cardinals 23-17 to over the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Arizona Cardinals, too. I, I'm Again, I'm looking at Cleveland, and I'm trying to— We're both to, doomed. We're both doomed. We're doomed. I'll take the Arizona Cardinals, though. 23-20, I think they win. I just have no—I just don't have any faith. I, without Miles Garrett, I think Kyler Murray might actually have a decent day at home. The Browns have trouble winning on the road. Actually, they have trouble winning everywhere. I don't have any—really, I don't have any trust in the Browns. I want to, I want to trust them. I want to see the Browns win and maybe finish the season strong. But I just don't know. I have no idea. And both both teams both teams I think are heading in a, are heading in a decent direction. I think Cleveland needs to figure it out in terms of coaching. But I'm tempted to take Cleveland, but I will roll with Arizona. And like you said, we're both doomed. Both doomed. Vikings Chargers in LA. Vikings favored by two and a half. Yeah, give me Minnesota. Give me uh, Minnesota on the road. Uh, Chargers just aren't a good football team. They're five and eight on the year. They're done. For the, they're, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, Kirk Cousins having a great year. I actually think uh, that I just saw that the Vikings are expecting to get Adam Thielen back this week, nice. which I think is going to be huge for their offense. 
Seriously, I think the Vikings are going to go into Los Angeles and absolutely blow out the Chargers. Listen, Phillip Rivers having his worst year of his career right now. Give me, listen, give me the Minnesota Vikings, that all-star defense, and a well-rounded up-and-coming offense that's coming back from the injuries. Give me Minnesota. I will take them 30 to 16 over the LA Chargers. Yeah, give me the Vikings too. I'll say thir- I'll say 30 to I'll say 30 to 20 the Vikings because I do think Chargers with the Chargers will score some points in at home. It's good but it's going to be filled with it's going to be filled with Vikings fans everywhere. The Vikings will travel well for this game. You know, but I'll take the Vi- I will take the Minnesota Vikings to get a win here. Cardinals, oh, I'm sorry, Falcons, Niners, Niners favored by 11. Niners coming off the big emotional win over the Saints. Do we see a letdown here? No, Niners are going to win this game. I, I really do think they're going to win this game. Uh, as far as the Falcons are concerned, their season's over. They're not really playing for anything. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit sluggish. They're not going to run the football very well. This is a really good front seven that's going to take advantage of Atlanta's offensive line. Uh, San Francisco, I think, is going to win this game, and they're going to win this game pretty handsomely. Uh, it's in Santa Clara, so th- I think Atlanta's going to have trouble putting points on the board. Uh, give me the San Francisco 49ers at home. I will say uh, 31. Uh, I'll say 31 to 18 over Atlanta. I'll take the 49ers too, but I do think this game will be competitive. Atlanta can score points. Their defense stinks, but they can score points. I do think it'll be competitive. I do see San Fran coming back home, maybe having a bit of a letdown after last night's, after last week's, um, uh, just a big, great game over the over the over the Saints, a big win. But I do think San Fran will win. I do think they'll take this game. So I'll say 21-20, they win. It'll be close. I actually do think this will be closer than we think. All right, Sunday Night Football, Bills, Steelers in Pittsburgh. Do the Steelers' magical ride continue, or does Buffalo bounce back in a nice way with a win? Buffalo bounces back in a nice way with a win. There you go. I'm going to go with that. Buffalo wins this game. There's another – this is my final four-shore four pick. That's right. Uh, listen, I, I just – I don't know what the Steelers are going to have to do to get me to buy into them. I just can't buy into their quarterback. Okay, Devlin Hodges, I don't think they're going to be able to win very many games with him. I just don't going forward. When it comes to big-time games late in the year, I think they're going to start falling flat. Buffalo right now with an absolutely incredible defense. They're playing a little bit better offensively. Josh Allen's getting a little bit more consistent. They're going to be able to control the pace of the game. They'll be able to control the clock. Give me Buffalo. uh, Lower scoring, pretty ugly game. A lot of defense first, a lot of pass rush. Uh, I think there's going to be a good amount of turnovers in this game, uh, but give me the Bills. I'll say 23. I'll say 23 to 16 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, Pittsburgh is just—I don't know—they're they're on this magical ride. You can't—I you just you can't deny it. Their defense is playing great. Josh Allen in Pittsburgh in the cold on Sunday Night Football. That's a pretty tough test against that defense. Against that. Against that defense, that's a tough, tall order. It really is. And Baltimore's defense got after Josh Allen. They forced him. They forced him. They hit him. Forced uh, inaccurate throws. Pittsburgh's defense is just as good. They're really good. I'm actually going to take the Steelers. 23-20 wow. in Pittsburgh. Call me crazy. I know the Bills' defense is good. It's really You're good. Not crazy. You're not crazy. The I just Bill, don't think it happens. The Bills' defense is really, really good. They actually did a really good job on the Ravens' offense. Did a really good job on Lamar Jackson last week. 
two I, good defenses. Two real good two defenses. Two really good defenses. I'll actually change my score. I'll say 16-13 Steelers. So, I just think their defense will do just enough. And the, I think their defense will create some turnovers on Josh Allen, get some interceptions off Josh Allen. Sometimes he's an accuracy. It's in Pittsburgh in the cold. I think the Steelers' offense is just enough. Um, I, I can't believe I'm saying it. I'm riding this magical carpet ride with the Steelers. I'm just going to go with it. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know if it's going to end with them in the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to end with them winning a playoff game. Who knows? Maybe I see Ravens-Steelers in the AFC Divisional playoff game in Baltimore. That'll be fun. But I'll, I'll go with the Steelers. They, they keep shocking me. They really do. Monday night, Saints-Colts at the Superdome. Colts favorite by nine. You mean Saints favored by nine? I said Colts favored yeah. Saints favored by nine. Rematch of Super Bowl. Rematch of the Super Bowl Forty Four. Saints. Uh, give me the Saints at home. Uh, listen, uh, this was a heartbreaking loss last week to San Francisco. It was the game of the year, uh, but they they got a rebound, uh, and I think they will. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has kind of come back down to earth as a quarterback. This is a pretty inconsistent defense with Indianapolis. I think New Orleans is just simply more talented, better quarterback, better running game, better offensive line. Uh, it's a better offensive line by a little bit because Indianapolis is is really good too, but better defense. I, I just uh, all around, I think the Saints are just a better team. Uh, give me New Orleans. I'll say uh, I'll take the Saints thirty to uh, I'll say thirty to twenty three uh, over the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, give me the Saints too. The Saints. Uh, I just I I've lost total total trust in Indianapolis right now. The Saints are coming off an absolutely bad loss, heartbreaking loss. Prime time. I, I expect the Saints' offense to bounce back. I expect the Saints' defense to bounce back. I think they get a win. I'll say 27-27-14. Saints beat the Colts. Right. And I'll do it. There we go. Those are picks. All right. Let's go right into death match. Two more weeks left in the NFL That's regular it. season. This is crazy. And the Ravens could win won the division. They can get home field in first round by after next Sunday. Be clear. Just to clear things up, you and I both would have had the Ravens yesterday, right? Like, Jets had no shot of winning that game. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we, did one of us have the Jets? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's probably, no, we would have picked Baltimore. We would have picked Baltimore. All right. Uh, let's go to Deathmatch Friday. Athlete Deathmatch before we go into your weekend. This isn't what is this? This is not the music, but I can't, I, can't find, I can't find the music right now for Celebrity Deathmatch, which is heartbreaking. But... We're gonna roll. We're gonna roll with. We're gonna roll with the music we could find. Friday athlete deathmatch. Yep. Here we go. We're gonna roll with it. So first one. John Moran at six three one seventy four versus Eric Bledsoe six one two fourteen. Who do we got? I think it would take Eric Bledsoe by a little bit. John Moran's still kind of skinny and lean. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is kind of a stockier point guard. I'm gonna take Eric Bledsoe. I might t- yeah, I think I might take. I think I think I'll take Eric Bledsoe too. I think I would take Eric take Bledsoe. He's a stocky guy and he's tough. Yeah. Seriously, he's fast. He's like a big ball of energy. I like him. Here's a matchup that Hollywood Brown burnt last night for a touchdown. But how would he do in a fight? Hollywood Brown stands at 5'9", 174 against Nate Harrison, six foot one forty five. Nate Harrison versus Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, he's too quick. Hollywood Brown's too quick. I like him. I, I Listen, I think he'd run around the ring, throw those little Bugs Bunny punches. Hollywood Brown. All right, next one. 
Buddy Heald at 6'4", 220 versus Frank Vitilkin at 6'4", 200. Buddy Heald. I would take Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's just bigger and stockier. Um, but yeah, Frank is Frank's younger and he's a little bit um, he's a little bit skinnier, not as stocky. Uh, I, I would take Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald. Joel Embiid at 6'8", 7 feet 280 against Zion at 6'6", 284. Oh. Give me Embiid by, like, the skin of his teeth because he's bigger. But Zion would put one hell of a fight. I would pay to see that fight, like, really hard. I would pay a lot of money to watch Joel Embiid and Zion Williamson fight. I would. And they're both fragile, so they probably both get hurt halfway through the fight. Ouch. I might take, see, I might take, it's tempted to take Joel and B with his size because he's got the size advantage. But man, Zion's taller. He's, I mean, he's not tall, obviously, but he's quicker. I think he, like, he might be quicker. He might be a little bit faster. Who are you going with, Joel? Joel and B? Um, yeah, Joel and B. Mm. I might go Zion here. I might go Zion here. I think he may, I think he's a little bit quicker than Joel and B. I think he might surprise and here. So Jarrell Casey, Texans Titans, Jarrell Casey versus DJ Reader. DJ Reader stands at 6'3, 347. Jarrell Casey stands at. Jarrell Casey stands at 6 foot 1, 300, 300 pounds. God, Jarrell Casey is a beast, but DJ Reader is so big. Give me Jarrell Casey. Jimmy, give me Jarrell Casey. He is an absolute animal. He's an animal, that guy. Odell Beckham Jr. versus Patrick Peterson. Peterson. Give me Peterson. You don't even have to read me the measurables. <laughs> Give me Patrick Peterson. He would he would lay out OBJ. Lay OBJ out. Mm. Luke Keekley versus Bob. I think we already did this. Luke Keekley versus Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, probably, but it would be close. Bobby Wagner's one big, thick guy. Luke Keekley's on the leaner side. Give me, uh, give me Bobby Wagner. Dalton Reisner against. How tall is Dalton? Dalton Reisner against Chris Jones. Dalton Reisner, I think. Dalton Reisner is an absolute monster. Isn't he like 6'10"? Like, he's huge. He's 6'5". That's it? Really? Yeah. No way. Dalton Reisner's bigger than that. I'm reading 6'5". I read 6'5". Well, Chris you're Jones, lying. Chris Jones is 6'6". You're a liar. 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 I would still take Reisner. Right, Reisner's Let's just... Have you ever seen Dalton Reisner? Yes. I mean, my God. My God. And I look, I, Chris Jones is a big boy too, but Dalton Reisner is a different story. Six, I'm reading Dalton Reisner, 6'5", 312. Let me check the Denver Broncos. Here, Denver Broncos list him officially on their website as 6'5", 312. Look at that. Not 6'10". Wow. Thought he was taller, huh? I did. I thought he was bigger. Still, though. I'm still... I am still very much in on uh, 
Dalton Reisner. Give me a matchup for Rams-Cowboys. Okay. Um... Let's do Corey Littleton versus Jalen Smith. So Corey Littleton stands at 6'3", 227, and you said Jalen Smith? And Jalen Smith. Okay, so 6'3", 227, Corey Littleton against... I think Jalen Smith's pretty big. 6'1", I think. 6'1", like 240-ish. 6'2", I would take Jalen. I might take Jalen, too. You got to take Jalen. I might take Jalen, too. Ooh, that's a little close, though. How about this? We never do this. Give me a Jared Goff versus Dak Prescott. Oh, see, yeah, we don't do quarterbacks. We don't do quarterbacks. We don't do quarterbacks. Jared Goff versus Dak? I think I'd take Dak. Dak. In a fight, Dak. I would take Dak. But, okay, Jared Goff. Okay. Jared Goff. You know, he's... I don't, I'm not saying you wouldn't win a fight, but you pair him up against Dak. Dak's a scrapper. Dak's a, Dak's a, Dak's a big, scrapper. muscly. He's also a scrappy. Athletic he's, guy. Jared Goff's a. He's also you know a scrappy. I mean? De Derek, Derek will dive into a pile. Derek, oh, I'm sorry, Derek, not Derek. Dak will dive into a pile. He'll he'll take a big hit. He'll try to bowl he'll, over he, you. He'll uh, he'll run on four. He'll be responsible for a big hit. Like yeah. he'll lay somebody out, Dak. Yeah, I might go with I might go with Dak. Not saying Jared Goff isn't a tough guy. I think Jared Goff is an extremely tough guy. I might go with, yeah, I might roll with Dak here. Let's go another quarterback, actually. Let's have some fun. All right, give me two more. Okay, we're going to go quarterbacks here. Okay, Deshaun Watson versus Ryan Tannehill. Deshaun Watson. I would take Watson. Watson's bigger, stronger. Give me Watson. Matt Ryan versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. Jimmy G is younger, so I'll probably take Jimmy G. By like a hair though. Because Matt Ryan's long and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Matt Ryan, I think, would put up a good fight, but I would take Jimmy G pretty close. Pat I, Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Pat Mahomes. It would be Pat Mahomes and not even close. Patrick Mahomes would crush Tom Brady. Crush him. Last night's matchup, Lamar Jackson versus Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson. Too Lamar quick. Jackson. Too quick, huh? Too quick, quick yeah. Speed. Quick Plus, speed. Plus Sam Darnold's too nice. <laughs> Sam Darnold is a very nice, mature he kid. He hasn't been too nice And Lamar Jackson, he's a great kid too, but physical attributes put him over. All right, that does it. That does it for Deathmatch. I'm going to go home. I'm going to rest. I'm going to do what I can to make myself not pass out. Uh, but that does it for the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Uh, have a great week, uh, weekend. We'll be back on Monday. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.